listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates we have a missionary update to share with you today and i'm really looking forward to sharing this story with you thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour you can find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon joining me today the reverend herb and marky birch we're serving the lord in belize pastor herb marky thank you so much for joining me today on the coffee hour thank you it's a pleasure to be with you today thanks for having Absolutely. So share with us from your story, share with us your story of how the Lord brought you to serve in Belize. Pastor, you want to start us off? Actually, we were serving in uh, Lima, Peru, and uh, we had placed uh, missionary Meisner and his family in Belize. And I was also the area facilitator for Belize in addition to working as a team lead in Peru. And we tried unsuccessfully to call two other uh, different missionaries to Belize to work with the Meisners. Really felt that it was important that we have, we have families supporting one another. And uh, so we had, things had changed a little bit in Peru. And at the same time, my boss, Ted Cray, at one of our 4 meetings for Belize, all of a sudden he got this light bulb look on his face, which is <laughs> Always, uh, you can always tell when he's got a new idea. And he came to me afterwards and he said, would you and Marky be willing to go to Belize? And so that was that was over five years ago now that that, that light um, came on in his uh, face. And the, the rest is history then. We, we fairly quickly terminated our work in Peru and moved directly to Belize then. So... You had been serving in Peru, already serving as missionaries. What about before that? How did the Lord bring you in this path to serving as missionaries? I was uh, in the U.S. Army for 24 years as an officer. And while I was actually a parishioner at Trinity Lutheran Church in Wahiwa, Hawaii, uh, I was stationed in Hawaii. And we had a pastor there, Bob Meyer, and they had been missionaries in Papua New Guinea. And he always, always talked about being missionaries in, in, in his sermons and his talks and everything else. And at that time, I was a single parent. I had my son, Ben, and we were about to be transferred to Panama with the Army. And, and Bob Meyer stood us up in front of the congregation there in Wahiwa and said, uh, today is a historic day in the life of Trinity Lutheran. We're sending two missionaries to Panama. And he had lined me up with Pastor Merrill Wettstein, who had served as a missionary in Brazil for nine years. And Merrill was serving there at, at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Balboa, Panama. And they just took us in, and we became part of that community. And Merrill was a great uh, missionary and encouraged all kinds of work. He was always out running around and uh, serving other people. And so it just became more and more something that we were aimed for. That's where I met Marky, actually. She was serving as a Department of Defense uh, school teacher in Panama. And, and we put our, uh, put our heads together. We went on a retreat, actually, with Merrill. 
And one night we were walking on the beach at, at a retreat and we just talked about becoming missionaries. And that seemed to redound with uh, Marky. And, and so it was later on that we put our families together. And, and, and then she followed me to Germany where I was still in the army. And after that, then I retired and went to seminary. And so I started out my SEM work even in Germany before we transferred to um, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. And then your first call was to the mission field. And yeah, my first call then, we were at, at Fort Wayne and I was, attend I was going to different Bible studies. Doug Rutt, the pastor Doug Rutt was running Bible study in Spanish in the, kind of in the mezzanine at the dining facility every week. And so we were participating in that. And, and then when it came time for calls and, you know, what we were going to do and everything, our, our children, they were all pretty much attuned to living in, in different situations, in different cultural uh, situations. And so we, I went back home after we had talked about assignments and so forth. And they were, they were very concerned. Uh, they wanted to stay in Fort Wayne, if possible. A couple of them were in high school at the time. And then they, they said, well, we've got to talk about this. And the kids all put their heads together. They excused Marky and me. And then later on, we had a talk and they said, well, if we're going to move, we want to move big. And, and so the two choices that we had at that time were to either go to Panama or to Guatemala. And we had lived in Panama and as military and under the status of forces. And so we decided that it would be best if we went to someplace completely different. And so that was our first call was to Guatemala. In fact, I did my vicarage in Guatemala and I was actually ordained then at, uh, at Cristo Rey, Christ the King Lutheran Church in Guatemala City. So it sounds like the Lord has just given you to Latin America to, to learn the, the culture and the language, it sounds like. Uh, tell me about learning the language. Had you, had you much experience with Spanish or any of the culture of Latin America prior to? I had studied Russian in college, which that's, <laughs> that's far removed from, uh, from Spanish. And, but I had also studied uh, Latin for three years in high school. And so when I was stationed in Panama, I had a, a Kuna indigenous a maid who worked for me. She only spoke Spanish. So I learned a lot of kitchen Spanish, but my Spanish was not terribly great. We were also dealing with Manuel Noriega at the time. And so we had a, a liaison unit that got together with some of Noriega's representatives. And we would have we would have social gatherings with them, and so it was one of those things where little by little I, I had a fairly decent background in vocabulary. But it was only after we went to Guatemala then that we started working with private tutors, and I continued to work for six months uh, after we got there with a tutor and working on my Spanish. But in reality, to, to get up to the point where I was really fluent and everything, it took some time. It took a couple of years of real, uh, of real dedication to that. Marky, how about from your perspective? Tell me about those years of just learning the language, learning the culture. I mean, you had, you'd been immersed in Latin America for some time now. What was your experience like? Well, I, I would say that Herb really 
is a language expert. Some people learn language much easier than others, and he took to it like a, a duck to water. For myself, I, I, I was sensitive to the culture probably before I became fluent in the language. And when we got to Peru, Herb said to me, would you please put other things aside and go study Spanish? And that was probably the best advice that I ever got. So I started taking classes in downtown uh, Lima and got on the Metropolitano, which was a designated bus line every single morning. And I took classes and it, it meant all the difference between being able to really be comfortable in a Spanish-speaking country and being a little bit shy. And then I have continued to study Spanish. Herb and I both do Duolingo every single evening. He's studying Portuguese at this time. And so we were very surprised when we got called to Belize because we thought, oh, this is an English-speaking country. But little did we know that 65% of the population really speaks Spanish. And so our Spanish is very important to us in Belize. That's, a, I think, a great point that maybe many of us might overlook, that we, we might think of Belize as, I'm sure many Americans probably think of it as a vacation destination and, and English-speaking but as you pointed out, 65% of the population speaking Spanish, where are those settings where it's really helpful for you to, to know the language, to know Spanish and be able to interact um, in Spanish as well as English? Belize welcomed in refugees during the 1980s when there were uh, civil wars, the FMLN, the exportation of insurgency from Nicaragua and Cuba into Central America. And so there were a lot of people that were fleeing from El Salvador, Guatemala, and looking for a place to live to really establish themselves. And the United Nations High Commission for Refugees, in, in cooperation with the uh, government of Belize, the young government at that time of Belize, they set up areas. They donated property, and they said, uh, we will welcome these refugee people to our country. <laughs> there is a very large Mennonite population. 8% of the population of Belize is Mennonite. And they came also seeking uh, refuge from forced, from forced service in the military and so forth. And you know, these were people that originally came from, from Russia, from the lowlands of Europe, and migrated to Canada, later on to Mexico, and now to Belize. And so the Mennonite population has been there now for 65 years. And so that's, you know, it's, it's a country that has welcomed uh, refugees. There has always been a lot of land there, and they have been a country that has taken in the sojourner, so to speak. We're learning about the Lord's work in Belize today with the Reverend Herb and Marky e. Birch. We have more to chat about in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's 
uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. Today we're learning about the Lord's work in Belize with the Reverend Herb and Marky Birch. Before we went to break, we learned a little bit about the the culture and particularly some significant influences in the culture. What about the presence of Lutherans in Belize? Do we know much about the history of Lutherans in Belize? Is there a large Lutheran presence in Belize today? We are the largest Lutheran presence and historically the only Lutheran presence there. You know, a few years ago when Dwayne Meisner was there, his father, Larry Meisner, who was a prof at Concordia, Texas, and who used to take uh, groups down to Belize because he taught biology at Concordia, Texas. And they, they talked about biodiversity. And, and so he loved to take groups down there. And he was actually uh, riding with uh, one of his drivers one day. And the driver passed by a, uh, a building in, over by the, uh, the, the frontier with, with Guatemala. And he said, well, that's a Lutheran church. And and it was all boarded up and everything, but it piqued my interest. And I went seeking then this so-called Lutheran church. And it turns out that at some point there had been a U.S. Lutheran uh, missionary. I'm not sure if he was ALC or LCA, or, but he had established a church there and had catechized some people. And, and I actually found a neighbor there. He said that all of his children had been baptized and, and catechized in that particular church, but then the pastor had gotten old and had returned to the U.S. and had left behind that church. He thought it was to the Anglican church, the equivalent of the Episcopalian. And that was that is the one point of entry of Luther up to the, the Central American Lutheran Mission Society, who had high interest back several years ago in Belize and was doing a lot of work there. But they were never in the business of planting churches. And also then the Belize Mission Society, who began work there in about 2003, and they were centered, they were mostly focused in a little village called Sunbite in the Placencia Peninsula and Stan Creek District. And so the the presence, the Lutheran presence there began mostly with short-term missions. And it was it was then in conversation with the members of the Belize Mission Society and and I think Hans Springer, some other people that worked here at the IC at the time, suggested that maybe we needed to get a permanent missionary presence in Belize and and so Dwayne Meisner and his family were called to Belize about seven years ago, I believe now. And that began then our, our presence in Belize. For, and that's, that's how it all began as far as getting us into there. And, and that really led then to, you know, we are in the business of sharing the gospel and planting Lutheran churches and showing mercy. And I think it's that, that, second, that second part of our mission, planting Lutheran churches, was something that was not envisioned by either the Central American Lutheran Mission Society columns or or by the the Belize Mission Society initially. So what is the work that you're given to carry out today in Belize? 
Well, we, we are continuing then with the, those seeds that were planted by those other, uh, those other entities, those other RS, RSOs, those partners in, in the mission. And uh, we have now managed to plant, we have four active Lutheran congregations in, one in, in Seinbite, which was the original area where the Belize Mission Society was working. But we're also then in Valley of Peace and, and up north then in Orange Walk District, Orange Walk Town itself, and San Roman on the, on the Rio Ondo, which is the border with uh, Mexico. And, and so that's, uh, we're, we're gathering together people, we're, we're t- teaching them the gospel, and we're baptizing and, and enforcing then, reinforcing uh, good, sound Lutheran doctrine there. So what does that look like day to day for you, Pastor? It it means that we get together with uh, small groups when when we uh, go for worship. We also then gather together groups of uh, young people in other locations. We have English as a second language. We also have homework help for a lot of these young people who's the educational system is uh, is poor there, and so we are there to help reinforce education, but also then to help them in other ways where we possibly can. For, uh, people might be interested in hearing a little bit about what you do as uh, an area facility. As area facilitator too, I'm I'm also responsible for for supporting our our missions in Venezuela. Honduras and Guatemala. And we, up until the pandemic, we were also crossing over the border into Mexico to Chetamal, where we have a small Lutheran congregation that is part of the Lutheran Church of Lutheran Senate of Mexico. That our, our international border was closed for two years because of the pandemic. And so we have not visited that congregation for some time. However, the, the border just recently opened and we're, we'll be visiting them for the first time, I anticipate, next month. Marky, how about for you? What does daily life look like? Well, a lot of what I do is support Herb. Uh, keeping us healthy is, is an important part of, of my job. And as you can imagine, Belize doesn't have much in the way of packaged foods or processed foods. So everything, everything gets done from scratch. And then after, after household duties are cared for, I, I go out to Mayamopan as kids club teacher. I've got a little group of kids out there. There are about 14 of them that gather together for story. And it's, it's like once a week Bible, stu- Bible school, which is a lot of fun. And then I hope to get back into teaching ESL. We had a, a pretty dynamic class going before the pandemic, but then everything uh, came to a halt as soon as we uh, had to take care of but not being in each other's close presence. So I'm hoping that that'll start again. And then I've really become a farm, which is interesting work. I, I do a lot of planting of fruits and hardwood trees and just really spread out, taking advantage of the fact that God put his first people into a garden. I thought, well, I think that that's something he has in mind for us too. So I do a lot of garden work. Tell me about the the partnerships that you, you've Herb you've mentioned a, a few of the partnerships already. 
How important are these partnerships to the work that you've been given in Belize? One of our missionaries, Pastor Benjamin Flores, uh, comes uh, from the Lutheran Church in Bolivia. And uh, he and his wife, who is from Norway, he has been working as one as an alliance missionary. And since he's a native Spanish speaker, uh, is very uh, it's very helpful for him, especially in the communication with our with our Spanish speakers. And he's also just a, a very very good evangelist and a very caring pastor. We also then in Guatemala we have a an alliance missionary from the Lutheran Church of Brazil, who is the chaplain for the second largest Lutheran school in Latin America. They have over 1,200 students at that particular Lutheran school. And so he was called from Brazil, and I'm kind of his go-to person. His, I'm his, one of his theological supervisors. He also has one out of the Lutheran Church of Brazil. And so I'm one of his points of contact for that particular work that's going on as, as a chaplain there at the school, supporting the, the head pastor there, Pastor Byron Paz. And so these, we also then, interestingly enough, in Honduras, we just recently dedicated a, a new church building there. And, and the pastor there, Pastor Junior Martinez, he is a missionary out of Nicaragua working in Honduras. And he was sent there from the Lutheran Church of Nicaragua. And this was under the sponsorship and the tutelage of the Lutheran Church of Canada. And so we are, you know, the, the ties go very deep there. The church itself, though, was supported the building of the church out of uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Vieira, Florida. And so you, you have all of these uh, different hands that God has provided in order to establish then a Lutheran a confessional Lutheran presence there in Honduras. And so the, it's things like this that are so very interesting because we see that the, the Lord's work is not confined to any one country or any one particular uh, group that, that we're able to work together and, and in working together to, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who have never heard it or never understood it in a, in a manner that they, they feel that they are truly blessed, that they are truly saved, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them. And it's not of themselves, but it's of Jesus. Well, you're certainly you know, in states now for some home service. What, what is to come next? What are you looking forward to in the year ahead? We're looking forward to welcoming some new short-term, some new volunteer missionaries there. Geo missionaries are called. The uh, We have the Kesslers, Gary, Gary and Sue Kessler, that will be coming in end of September. We also have Jordan and Justin Luggs, and they will be working as doing ESL and doing uh, um, communications. The Kesslers will be, Sue will be working doing uh, Christian education at the first Lutheran preschool in Belize, and that's Little Lamb's Lutheran Preschool. And, and Gary will be working on projects. And we have, we were, we were handed, we've been handed a lot of assets that just needed some work. And so we're doing a lot of work to, to get these assets, uh, these buildings and so forth up to, the, uh, to where they're really supportive of the church and supportive of worship 
and gathering in these different uh, locations. We've got two different, we have two um, churches up north in Orange Walk, and and we have then one in Valley of Peace, where we, the ones in Orange Walk worship is in Spanish. In Valley of Peace, we have two weeks, two weekends, the worship is uh, in Spanish, alternating with weekends where we have worship in English. And in, in Sunbite, then, worship is in English. And so we, we want to really strengthen these congregations. At the same time, our goal is to eventually have a Lutheran church in uh, each major city in Belize, in all six districts of Belize. And so I would anticipate that as uh, we go forward, that we'll be looking at planting other churches, but at the same time, fortifying those churches that we've already planted. How can we stay informed about the, the work that you'll be doing in the days and years to come? Uh, we do have a Facebook page at the present time. It's the Lutheran Lutheran Mission in Belize. We also, the Wildowers, and, and we publish a... Uh, <laughs> We're not very good about publishing our newsletters on any regular basis, but you know, we would encourage people to look to our Facebook page and and also then they are able to reach out to us uh, and and we're always always pleased to to respond to anybody that reaches out to us on the internet. My guests today, the Reverend Herb and Marky Birch serving the Lord in Belize. The Birch family, thank you so much for being my guest on the Coffee Hour today and sharing your wonderful story. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere.